Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, March 7, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Dan Rosen of NHL.com will be joining us to talk Islanders and all things around the NHL. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. How could I be bad? It's Hockey Day in America. It's Hockey and Day in right. America, I, I pal. I need to start off the show. That's right. Apologizing. You were right. Oh, you don't owe me an apology, but I appreciate that. <laughs> That's really nice of you. You were right. I was. I was. Even if you got the spot. You know what? Wrong. See, this goes back to that growth we were talking about, Christian. <laughs> See, you're 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 admitting when you're wrong. You're apologizing. Never, you're stepping up as a not, man here. I've never not admitted when I was wrong. I don't know about that, but the, <laughs> the, the train rolls on. And let's let's get into it. Want to remind everybody, we are sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. I was there yesterday. Very jealous. Love that place. Very Love jealous. that place. I had the Jimmy B. Ooh, fantastic! It's number one on the menu. Oh yeah, was that now? Was the Jimmy B the sandwich that you ate as part of our challenge to get the hockey night in New York? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it looked like a delicious sandwich. Roast beast, uh, roast beef. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Doctor Seuss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great stuff. So check out BlueLineDeli.com to check out the menu. Yeah, great stuff over there. We're also sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optima, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800, and they will hook you up with three free months of service. You cannot beat that. So, Christian, the Islanders played the bottom of the division this week, and (laughs) once again, our predictions were wrong, but I am happy to say so. I went for 7 of 8. They went 8 of 8, pal. Yeah. They swept it. Find themselves in a... Five-game winning streak, first of the season, and they got sole possession of first place. What do you say, CA? Well, so we were talking about this before the show. We and, were. And it was the fact that I said, you know, when, when Joe Yurden was on last week, I, I was like, all right, maybe he's being a little a little hyperbolic or a little dramatic for a fact, you know, to, to kind of hype up how bad <laughs> Buffalo really is. And boy, oh, Lord. three games after watching the Buffalo Sabres, I mean, they are as bad as advertised. And, I, I mean, that, that worked out great for the Islanders because, you know, um, they picked up the points that they needed to and they got the wins that they needed to. This is a Buffalo Sabres team that, that the Islanders should should heavy-handedly beat, and they did in all three of those games, even if it was a little more – it was a little closer today than the other two games, especially considering what the score was. Uh, today's game, it's Sunday when we're recording this, when we're broadcasting live um, – Today's game was a much closer game than that 5-2 score kind of lets on, especially in that third period where you actually saw a little bit of fight out of the Buffalo Sabres, which was, I guess if you're a Sabres fan, that must have been nice to see. Yeah, (laughs) it must have been nice to see a little bit. Otherwise, I mean, the Islanders played three very good games of hockey. Ilya Sorokin had uh, a couple good starts during this stretch, and and the Islanders are in sole possession of first place, four points ahead of the um, Washington Capitals who are playing right now as we speak. Who are they playing? 
I believe they're playing the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Which is so it's a big game. The Islanders will stay ahead of them regardless. Regardless. They are four points, but um, it will be a different different margin whether it's four points or whether that's two points at the end of the night. But the Islanders own sole possession of first place, which is not something I think anyone outside of maybe Islanders country would have imagined or or kind of bought into. It's certainly which is you know par for the course around the league. That's pretty much how I mean, it goes. You look at the the, the roster. I, I think it, it was a fair assessment of what the Islanders were coming into this year with. So, sure, sure, I'll give you that. But look, the the main key to take away from this week is the Islanders beat teams that they were supposed to beat. Obviously, the Sabres three times, but also the Jersey Devils yes. on Tuesday. Look, they're they're at the bottom of the standings, like I said, and that's what good teams do. They beat the teams that they're supposed to. And these are points now that they're banking that are going to come up huge later on in the season. And, you know, you look at the standings and you see that the Islanders are at the top and you see those games played, and they've played pretty much more games than anybody else. I think they, they're four up on Boston, so they still have eight points they can right. make up. So, you know, you see for first place is nice, but, you know, some of these teams are going to have an opportunity to catch up. But the bottom line is the Islanders Islanders are winning these games that they're playing ahead of them, and those other teams still got to win those games to catch up. Oh, hundred percent. And but but again, it goes back to what Barry Trotz has kind of been preaching all along, even during that stretch of games where the Islanders weren't winning. It was you know you go out there and you just want to come away with as many points as you can, and as long as you're picking up points, especially with the way things are, I mean that's you're you're getting the job done for the most part. The Islanders, like I said. They got the wins that they should have gotten this week. New Jersey, Buffalo, teams that are in the bottom of the division. Yeah. Um, bottom of the league, really. And um, Right. I mean, they got the job done, especially now with a much tougher stretch of games coming up. Obviously, you have Boston on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then you see New Jersey three times. But again, I, I, New Jersey is at the bottom of the league, but it's certainly none of these teams should be taken taken advantage or for granted, I should say. None yeah. of these teams should be taken for granted. It's the same thing I said to you last week when we had this conversation when you when you said they would take, you know, seven of eight from Buffalo and I said, Don't don't make sure you don't count your chickens too early. <laughs> right, right. Well look, they they didn't play down to their competition, which teams can sometimes be guilty of. We've seen the Islanders do it in the past, but yeah. they're focused. They're looking yeah. at these teams. They know what they have to do. They've become very familiar with the Buffalo Sabres playing them so often lately, <laughs> yes. and they, they really didn't take their foot off the gas. I mean, look, maybe here and there there was a lax play here, a giveaway there that led to a goal or what have you, but for the most part, they took care of business. Yeah. And, I mean, look, they beat them, what, 15-6 to six <laughs> over the course of three games. That's pretty good. So you got to like that. And and look, they're they're gonna you know kind of get a get another taste of of a team who who they're gonna be vying for positioning here against the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. Yeah. Then it's back to three in a row against New Jersey. But <laughs> you look later down the calendar, and that's when it really starts to get interesting. After those three games against Jersey, all of a sudden you're gonna see your Capitals in there. You're gonna see your Flyers in there. They're gonna have the Penguins again. So those are going to be some some hotly contested games where they get out of this. Those I are playoff know. games. I mean, we're, we, absolutely. You know, they've been talking about how they, these games have kind of been like playoff games because of the series that they've played. You know, so many games in a short amount of time, especially against Buffalo, where you're playing three games in four nights or four days, I should say, essentially. And uh, then you get into these really, really tough matchups with playoff teams that are going to be there that are battling for playoff positioning or playoff spots in the case of the Pittsburgh Penguins or some of those bottom, not bottom, those bubble teams around the four, five, six at range. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are always so tight. So those are going to be important games, which is what makes these games just as important, almost if not more important, because these are points that you should almost be guaranteed with the way things are going in Buffalo, with the way things are going in New Jersey. And, um, you know, the Islanders want to stay atop the division. Right. And, it's you know, it's interesting – 
Where you, earlier you said before how, you know, Buffalo and, and perhaps New Jersey are two of the worst teams. And as someone pointed out, Jersey What's, just shut out Boston. So, I mean, how about that? It's not something that should be taken lightly. No. Or, or they're not a team that should be taken lightly. I keep lightly. saying it, that's hockey, buddy. That's how it goes sometimes. Some, sometimes the, the contenders, you know, are, are, are taken out by the, by the little people. It happens sometimes. <laughs> You know, that's the way it goes. Islander fans know that when they would, you know, be well out of the playoffs by Beat November. And, on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on a Martin Luther, K, Martin Luther right. King Day Martin, uh, matinee right. game. Something, it just happens like sometimes. Yeah. But getting to what I was just starting to say, you know, talking about a team being the worst in the league or the best in the league or whatever the case may be, you kind of, it's really weird because it's hard to math that out because yeah. it's really, we're really dealing with four separate leagues. <laughs> this year That's right. because they're yeah. not playing one another. So like you can say Buffalo's the worst team in the league, but they're no, only Buffalo, playing seven other teams. Buffalo is probably the, the worst team. In Ottawa any of these might divisions. give them a run for their money. You That's don't know true. That. That's Ottawa, true. They Detroit compete. could give them a run for their money. Detroit's not very good either. But the point is, you know, even on the opposite side yeah. of that, right? Like whether you look at Toronto, the, uh, the Islanders, whomever's at the top of their, their respective divisions, right. it's hard to say who's the best team in the league, who has the, the best shot at, you know, going to the cup or or what have you, because they're just playing this very confined amount of teams. Yeah. No, that's fair. And you know, we don't know how Toronto would fare against Vegas. We don't know how the Islanders would fare against St. Louis. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's hard to really make those distinctions. So I I hesitate to say anybody's the best at this, the worst at that. I just look at it Even in the vision. Said that. Well, I'm saying. I'm saying in division, Christian. Mm. I, I would prefer to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to playoff time, it's going to make all that stuff all the more fun and exciting oh, because yeah. it's going to be so much unknown. Oh, yeah. There's going to be no season series to look back at. To, to <laughs> you know, Once you get past the, your, your initial division, those rounds, then it's kind of just like rolling the dice and seeing what's going to happen. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. It'll, it certainly is. But I think you look back at this week and the way the Islanders played, there's a lot of good things to take away from it, obviously. Um, Sunday's game, today's game, uh, there was some pushback from the Buffalo Sabres. There was a little bit of lackadaisicalness out of the Islanders here and there. But overall, uh, some very good wins for the Islanders. They've begun to dominate the second period in, the, in these games of late, too. Obviously, four goals against uh, Buffalo on Saturday, and then another three goals against Buffalo this afternoon in the second period. Yeah. You've seen the fourth line. They've really come alive in, in the last week or so. Yeah. And for all that talk of, oh, is this the end of the fourth line? Is this, you know, that or this <laughs> right, is that? Right, right, right. I mean, I, I, it's almost as if they've, they they heard the criticism, they internalized the criticism, and they and they put it out. So you're saying they the listen ice. to the show, too? Well, that'd be great. Just like JG. Oh yeah, exactly. Just like JG. <laughs> Imagine if we had that much kind of poll. Probably no, we, yeah. we don't. And we I don't. know, I know, we. They don't, don't even know we exist. I know we don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. Still though, Imagine that would be cool. Them. Maybe maybe one day, Christian. No, no. But the point is, they 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 certainly almost seem to respond to that criticism, and and they've become a, a line that is really does a lot of good things. Not only. Obviously, offensively, which they've done the last couple of games, Cal Clutterbuck has had a couple goals and points over the last few games against Buffalo. Matt Martin has has had a few points and he's had a goal over the yeah. last few games. Um, and obviously, Casey Sasekas has had his share of luck offensively as well, which is huge because when once again, when you have all four lines rolling for the New York Islanders, you're not relying on the first line or even just the first and the second line to produce your points. I mean that's a that's a successful look for the Islanders and it's a great look for the Islanders who are uh, again just playing very good Barry Trotz hockey right now. Yeah, no, they're they're looking like um, that team that rattled off what points in seventeen straight games or right. whatever it was last year, where 
they're not doing much wrong out there. All, and they're, and they're, getting, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup now. You know, that's been a theme of the show, talking mm-hmm. about how the first line was carrying the team and how yep. guys need to pick it up. We're going to focus a little more on that stuff later on in the show. But you're starting to see the scoring spread out, which is great. Mm, yes. So a lot of positivity here in Island Country. Hard, hard not to when you win four straight <laughs> for the week. <laughs> that's right. So all good stuff. Hope everybody's having a good time out there. But with that, Christian, we got a break. Dan Rosen, NHL.com, is going to be joining us. So, folks, thank you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. We will be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible Internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 6-7-8-0-0, or visit them on the web at TyTechnology.com. That's Ty, T-I-E, Technology.com. Ty Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want a place in order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the show. This is Hockey Night in New York. Chris Arnold and Sean Cuthbert with you as always live on twitch.tv backslash Hockey Night NY. And it is that time of the show to bring on on the line. Our guest with us tonight is uh, Dan Rosen on the line brought to you by our friends at Tide Technology. And Dan, always good to chat with you. I did not unfortunately bring any hot dogs smothered in ketchup for the occasion. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually funny. Brian Compton mentioned he missed he missed the uh, the hot dogs in the press box. It's such a, it's been such a weird season. And my first thought was it needs ketchup. I do too. I missed them in the press box too. They actually had them at the press box at the Garden uh, the last couple of games I covered there. Once they started allowing fans in the building, they put some food in the press box. It was pr- hot dogs and pretzels. There you go, Dan. Not going to complain when you get it. You know, you got to have some ketchup on it for me, my friend. Oh man! Oh, if you man. say so. Well, <laughs> no. look, ketchup on a hot dog is one thing. That's fine. 
I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the entire bottle of ketchup that he throws on the hot dog. That's <laughs> a little God. bit excessive, you know. It looks like the hot dog is just bleeding. I mean, it's just it's weird, you know. I, anyway, it sounds like Christian. It sounds like yeah. In fairness, you. though, <laughs> those hot dogs from the Nassau Coliseum are most have most likely been there since pre-renovation of the Nassau Coliseum. So you already. do have to mask the taste of whatever <laughs> chemicals you're eating. But hot dogs yeah. aside, Dan, it's always great to chat hockey with you, and obviously yeah. a lot going on in the National Hockey League. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna have you start by asking you about your uh, your Super Sixteen, but obviously with the Tom Wilson news, it's kind of hard to ignore that. What's been going on with him? Yeah. Obviously, the what what's been your reaction to the to the suspension and the hit and everything that's gone on with the Washington Capitals and Tom Wilson over the last couple of days? Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't like the hit. If he comes in high, it's not like Brandon Carlos that low. Right. He is going down a little bit, but he, he comes in high. And Tom Wilson has got a history here. Yeah. I, I mean, for dare we say he's got a reputation, you know. So when I saw the, the suspension, I wasn't surprised. I, um, you know, I mean, there was an injury on the play. It was a high hit to the head. It made sense to me the the seven games, especially in a fifty six game season. I mean, you're talking about an eighth of the season right there. That's a that's a big suspension. That's a ten game suspension in an eighty two game season, and that's significant. So, wasn't surprised at all um, when I saw it. I I I kind of I don't want to say. I, I guess I was surprised a little bit about the hit because. I'm ready for Tom Wilson to stop making these hits. You know, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, like I mean, I just—he's a such a talented, important power forward. There's no reason for him to make that hit. You, you know, that come in, come in hard. That's fine, but come in with a body check. Um, that's that's you know going to dis disrupt the dislodge the puck, not you know to the head. But anyway, not surprised at all by the seven games. So Dan, you say you're not surprised. Do you think it was an appropriate number, or do you would you would you have went somewhere else with it? Given given no, its history, I think, again, I think it's an appropriate number. I think yeah. if you look at the you know the 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 56 game season versus an 82 game season, a seven game suspension is an eighth of the season. So you're looking at it to what is the equivalent of about a 10 game suspension, maybe 11, you know, whatever you want to uh, um, go with. But uh, and, I, and that would be a significant suspension. That would be a huge suspension in yeah. an 82 game season. So. I thought seven games in this type of season, especially we're already almost halfway through it, you know, we're approaching that point um, to be gone for the next seven games is, is crucial. And, and he is such an important player for that team. And that team is right in the middle of this race in the East Division that, you know, is a good race. It really is. I mean, there's I mean, with the Rangers right now, I know, that you know, they're starting to play. They're slowly starting to play their way back into it. Maybe not so much tonight as we talk, but they're slowly starting to play their way back into it. It's become a six-team race, which is kind of what we thought it would be with Buffalo and New Jersey on the outside. Sure, sure. Now, it's just a just a last follow up on the on the suspension. Now, is that something that would be typical because it's a reduced season? That's they take in in proportion or percentage of a season as opposed to just the number of games. Like they don't say, "Oh, that's a seven-game suspension hit." That's a you know fifteen percent of the season type of hit. I. You know what? I mean, I'm not in the Department of Player Safety, so I don't know exactly how they look at it in, in those terms. But I, I, I'm just going off of what I know of, like, in the playoffs. So you have a seven-game series. Right. If a guy has a hit, they usually look at one playoff game is is worth more than, 
you know, uh, you know, what would be maybe a three or four game suspension in the regular season mm-hmm. is the equivalent of a one game suspension in the playoffs. Gotcha. So I'm just kind of prorating it a little bit there and saying to myself, well, it's a shorter season, seven games. This is what it is, an eighth of the season. Um, you know, I, I would imagine it would be a little bit longer if we were in a full season. Understood. Talking with Dan Rosen here on the line, presented by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Dan, you brought you mentioned the uh, the New York Rangers. Obviously, a lot of chatter now going on with them involved with Jack Eichel. And obviously, we just saw Jack Eichel for for three games here on the island yeah. with the Buffalo Sabers in town and the Islanders uh, coming away with three wins against them. I, I mean, talk about a situation that has got to be as dysfunctional as, as any. Is I mean, speaking. Uh, to an audience that is mostly Islander fans. I mean, you know, we've kind of seen this before here on Long Island, but it's certainly a different beast to be on the outside looking in. Um, in your mind, what is going through Jack Eichel's mind, and how long before we start to see some moves from Buffalo where they start to move some pieces and, and potentially people being fired and, and this situation going down that's that's been happening there? Well, here's the thing. I, I'll go back to the end of last season with Jack Eichel and, and in the frustration that he showed. This losing is, is really, it's ugly. It's not fun, obviously. And we've got to turn this around. I mean, he clearly showed frustration as a leader. Okay. You come into this season, uh, he's injured at the start of the year. Uh, so that hurts right there. Uh, then they have a battle with COVID that really knocked them to the ground a little bit. Uh, and with their coach included, he, he still is, you know, Eichel is still trying to work his way back from an injury. They can't seem to get any traction and it's just snowballing. It's just a bad snowball effect from, for the Buffalo Sabres. And we've seen it before. I mean, that's what happens to teams like this is that when they're not prepared, uh, to, to handle any bit of success, what you see is them get a, if they get a taste of it which they really haven't had this year. But if they get a little taste of it, they fall off. We've seen it from Buffalo. So I think Jack Eichel is very frustrated. Uh, I Kevin Adams came out the other day and said Jack Eichel has not asked for a trade. They're in regular communication. I believe that. I don't see why Kevin Adams would have you know would say anything different. Um, if Jack has asked for a trade, I think we would have heard about it by now. Uh, and he might have even come out and publicly talked about that fact. But what we haven't heard anything like, so he has not asked for a trade. He's involved, and he wants to win there. I know he's invested. I know he wants to win there. But he's got to play better. Like that. See, see, that's a, the, the whole long-winded answer right there is he's part of it. He's got to be better. He's got to be better. Skinner's got to be better. Reinhardt's got to be better. Darlene's got to be better. If you look up and down that lineup, there's talent. There really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But they just don't put it together. And could it be the coach? Look, I think Ralph Kruger is a heck of a leader. I think he's a heck of a guy. Uh, I think he's had an amazing career. Cultural, I mean, what, an, a, what a worldly personality he has. But is he a good NHL coach? I don't know. We have to see. We haven't seen enough. You know, we haven't seen enough for me to say, yeah, yeah. You know, Jack, Ralph Kruger is a good NHL coach, and he's the right guy for the job. But he's going to get a chance here to turn this around. And I think he, I think he deserves that chance this season with everything that's gone on for them. But he needs Eichel to be better. He needs Skinner to be better. Reinhardt. I mean, all of these guys have yeah. to be better than they've been. And you can throw it on the coach and you can throw it on the GM. You know, I think what since Jack's been there, they've had they're on their second GM and their third coach. So you know, I mean, at some point you got to throw it on the players. Talking with Dan Rosen from NHL.com. And Dan, uh, obviously we were talking about the East Division here. It's it's so tight aside from New Jersey 
and Buffalo. But you mentioned the Rangers kind of getting their way back into it. Obviously, the Islanders atop the division, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Boston. They're all Washington, all in the mix here. Um, I mean, what has been the most surprising thing uh, for you so far in this East division with how tight everything has been and where these teams are at the moment? Uh, the surprising part was the Devils at the start, but they've kind of come back to earth. Um, I'm not, you know what, to be honest, I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I'm not really surprised <laughs> by any of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, That's fair. I, you know, I, I pegged it with the, the four teams that are, if it finished today, that would be in the playoffs in, I mean, the Islanders, the Caps, the Bruins, um, and the Flyers. Uh, I guess the surprise to me is the Flyers haven't been as good as I thought they would be. And Carter Hart's kind of struggled a little bit this season. That's a bit of surprising to me. Um, the surprise to me was how much of a struggle it was for the Rangers and Mika Zibanejad, who does, does have a goal in this game tonight against the Penguins. But, you know, how big of a struggle that was. I also didn't see Tony D'Angelo leaving the way he did and Artemi Panarin taking a leave of absence. So those are surprising yeah. elements as well. But those things happen through the course of a season. But no, I mean, look, I thought the Islanders would be exactly what they are. Uh, I thought the Capitals would be good because I think they, Peter Laviolette gives his team a boost. He gives them a bump wherever he goes early in the tenure there. That team is successful. Uh, I like, I thought the Flyers would be better, but they're right, you know, in the mix. And the Bruins, to me, I mean, with their young D and, you know, trying to figure it out along the way there, they've been solid, uh, had some ups and downs, but overall quite solid. And I thought Pittsburgh would be, Right on the outside, they are, and I thought the Rangers would be six, Buffalo seven and eight, and with New Jersey in front of course. Yeah, I, I mean the biggest surprise just from that answer is that there's someone other than Brian Compton and NHL.com that apparently <laughs> is giving the Islanders respect there. Oh no! <laughs> wow, look, they've earned it. There's no question about it. This team, when they play their style and they play their Islander hockey, right? It's very well known. They're a they're so hard to beat, you know, and it's funny to me. I mean, to step on a little soapbox here, right? Like I <laughs> laugh <for> <laughs> when people say, I laugh when people say like, well, they play boring games and all that. Since when is winning boring? You know, like, for me. <laughs> you know, like if you're an Islander fan, you don't find this boring. You know what I mean? They're not running gun. They're not scoring. It's not, you're not playing six, five games. They get a two to nothing lead. Forget about it lock it down you know i mean it's done like and and maybe it's not like the most exciting brand of hockey if you're just an outsider watching it not an islander fan but sure. if you're an islander fan you gotta you better be enjoying the heck out of this because you got a great coach you got a deep team you got quality goaltending uh you got obviously a general manager who absolutely knows what he's doing he's a hall of fame general manager you got owners who are invested a new building on the way. There's a lot to be excited about for the New York Islanders. No question about it. And I'll take the wins anyway. <laughs> yeah, get them. That's, yeah, that's fine by me. I just want to point out that was not a jab at you, Dan, more or less the segment of the Islander fan base that thinks the national media hates them. And <laughs> well, for whatever reason has, you know, we won't tried to deride them. them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, look, I, I, you know, I don't know where that all that comes from because I, I, if you asked anybody in the national media right now, what's the one thing to you that stands out about the Islanders? It's the fact that they win. You know, I think that's what people would say, and they may not like. That's a nice how ring to it. Yeah. They they do. They may not like how they win, um, but it doesn't matter if you win, and that's all that you know. Like, who cares if you if if a guy in 
you know, Toronto isn't very happy about the Islanders <laughs> playing because they're oh. not playing very exciting hockey. You know, yeah. Who cares? It's exciting hockey is winning hockey to me. Dan, I'm, I'm with you all the way there. And now let's take it to your Super 16. Do you have, um, I don't know, maybe a special criteria that goes into it when you're, when you're deciding where everybody ranks? And for this special season that we have this year where it's all in division, you don't have everybody playing everybody, you're just playing the same seven, maybe six teams, depending on what division you're in. Does that come into play at all when you start to, to look at how you want to rank these teams? Uh, well, the way I look at it is... It's way. This is kind of how I weigh. I look at the two teams that I'm. I'm going. All right, one who's two, right? Right behind them. Would how would that those two teams fare in a seven game series? And so the team that I have ahead is a team I think at the present time would win a seven game series against the other. You know. So if I'm looking at, you know, Tampa one, Toronto two, I'm saying to myself, Tampa's going to beat everybody in a seven game series. Toronto. We'll beat everybody but Tampa in a seven-game series at this point, you know, and it just kind of filters down that way. But I do take into account head-to-head, mm-hmm. you know. So if I if I I'm like if I really like Colorado, and maybe I really like Colorado more than I like Vegas, um, but Vegas beats them two out of three. I think I got to give the nudge to Vegas, you know. I mean, just the you know the way the way it goes, you know, especially with this type of season, but. When everybody's not playing everybody, it makes it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. But I kind of just look at it and say, well, you know, you got to look at some stats. Goal differential is a big stat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you're playing a lot of tight games and you're winning them, that's great. But if you are got a lot of wins and your goal differential is like the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is, well, I mean, I don't even know what it is at this point, plus 35 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know, like that makes a huge difference. It's how you're beating teams, too. I think you have to give a lot of credit to teams that can win tight games, come back in games and all that stuff. But you got to give more credit to the teams that just blow everybody out. Sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, and I really, for example, last week, I, I really liked Edmonton. I did. I, I mean, they were playing really well. Mm-hmm. Then they played three against Toronto, and they scored one goal. And to me, that was a that was a comeback to earth. Okay, this is what they really are, yeah. uh, and this is how good Toronto is. But maybe Edmonton, I was overranking them a little bit, you know. So it, you have to kind of play, take it all into account. But definitely, the one key factor for me is head to head, who would win a seven game series? All right. This is On the Line, presented by our friends over at Thai Technology. On the line with us is Dan Rosen from NHL.com. And, Dan, obviously we've been talking about the Islanders a little bit here and a, a big couple games against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, three important wins for the Islanders, the same score of 5-2 three different times. Uh, when, yeah. you, when you look at the way the Islanders have played as of late, what has been – the biggest thing to you that has made them successful? Obviously, people will look at that and go, oh, they're playing Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is terrible, so you know most teams could probably beat beat the Sabres. But what, when you look right. at those games, even you know against New Jersey, you know what do you take away from that as the biggest biggest upside for the Islanders, especially going into a tougher stretch of games after we get through this week with Boston, uh, a couple games with New Jersey, yeah. and, and then and then you know a big portion of the schedules against some of those playoff teams. You know, the thing with the Islanders for me, and it, and it doesn't change, it's kind of been my thought about them for a while now with Barry Trotz as the coach, and it, and it happens this season too. It's not all the time. There's there's definitely a little bit of ebb and flow. But for the most part, they play the same way, right? And the, you know the type of game you're going to get against the Islanders. And if you give up the first goal, good luck, you know, if you're the opponent. I mean, it's very hard. 
Uh, if you score the first goal, that puts the Islanders in a position where I don't think they're as good, which is chasing a game. But they can come back. They can score. They have enough offense. There's no doubt about that. But the takeaway for me for the Islanders can consistently is their consistency. It really is. It's that the, that they very rarely deviate from the way they play, uh, which is why you see the success that they have. You know, and, and earlier this season, I thought that. They deviated a little bit, and they were losing games and chasing games and whatnot. And Barry Trotz and everybody got them back on track. And you know, when when they're playing their way, they're giving up 24 shots a game. Their goaltending is solid. They're not allowing much in front of the net. They don't. They don't. You know, I mean, they 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 take care of that area very well. They're fast in transition. They can quick. They have a good first pass. They move the puck up through the neutral zone and. And and they push you on your heels a little bit. And it's not that they necessarily do it with great, you know, superstar talent, but they just do it with consistent roll it over each time. Every line knows what their job is. And everybody plays the same way. For sure. And do you see any, I don't know, evolution or growth in this Islander team, maybe from last year? I mean, look, they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. <clears throat> You have some some youth that are coming up now, and Noah Dobbs and Oliver Wallstrom, they're starting to look good. Even Michael Dalcole, to yeah. a lesser degree, has kind of solidified his spot there in the third line next to Pajot. Do you see any sort of growth out of this team where maybe they can be more of a threat in the, the later rounds of the playoffs if they happen to get that far? Or are they more kind of the same team you're looking at last year? I mean, do you see any sort of growth out of these guys? Well, I mean, look, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, so they were pretty good, you know. Um, and they ran into a really good team. So there, there is that one aspect of it. I like, I like, I like the guys you brought up. I like Dobson. I really like Wallstrom. I see he's coming around. We're seeing offense out of him right now, and that's key. I think that they, you know, like I said, they they continuously play the same way. But you need guys who are going to step out and, and and maybe get you the goal that you're not, you know, you didn't expect or things along those lines, and you know, get you that fourth goal in a game or the third goal in a game for the Islanders is really all they usually need. So. Um, I don't know about necessarily about growth uh, per se. I just think, again, I see the same type of team that's dangerous uh, and can, can in a seven-game series, frustrate and beat any team in the league. In my opinion, they can do that. The question remains is if they go up against a team like, you know, well, I mean, they're not going to see, they wouldn't see a Tampa Bay until at the very earliest the Final Four. Right. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, if they go up a team like that, you know, if they get that far and they were go up a team like that, do they have enough offense to win that series? Because you can't just win that series with defense. And you can't just win that series with goaltending and banking on scoring the first goal and, and playing your style of hockey. That's that's a different type of team. And I don't know that the Islanders can push it to that next level. But I also don't know that they necessarily will have to because you see how the chips fall in the playoffs. They can win a seven-game series against any team in the East Division. That I can tell you. And then you want to see what happens from there. Absolutely. Dan Rosen from NHL.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DRosenNHL. Dan, we always appreciate the time and, uh, and great chatting with you and great getting to see you. It's been a while, my friend. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Next time you're at Madison Square Garden, you're having a hot dog, put a little ketchup on for me. <laughs> 
Oh, you know what? Maybe a little dab. <laughs> Maybe a little dab. I'm, but I'm not pulling a bottle out of my backpack and, you know, <laughs> slathering it all over the I'm, bun and the dog. And Anyway, you do you. I'm converting people <laughs> one hot dog at a time. That's that's it. That's my goal. But we'll Dan, see about that. thank you so much for the time tonight. We really do appreciate it. Dan, all awesome right. stuff. Thanks, thank guys. you so much. Appreciate it. Take yeah. care. Good, good chatting, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Dan Rosen from NHL.com. He, great stuff as always. Oh, yeah. Uh and always definitely check out his uh, Super 16, which we, uh, comes out every uh, Thursday on NHL.com. Yes. And can we can we take a second to talk about this hot dog situation? What's going no, on? No, I no. see I see Brian Compton busting like shops about it up on social media. What's what's going on? I mean, you just you just drown all your food in ketchup, or is it just, just the hot, the hot dogs? dogs? What's going it's on? Just the hot dogs and only ketchup, I, I, no mustard, no mustard. Uh, only ketchup. And again, like I said before, yeah. it's mainly due to the fact that I'm 95% sure that those hot dogs have been sitting in the Coliseum mm. freezer pre-renovation. I see. And, uh, you know, it, it, they're tough to eat, but in the middle of a game and you, you don't really want to spend money on the, on the media meal, it's it's a great substitute when it's free. So wow. who am I to turn so, away free stuff? So a lot goes into that. Very interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a backstory wow. to it. There's now, now, are you just a no mustard guy across the board, or no, is that just hot dogs? Is, mustard is fine. Okay. Like I don't, I don't have like an issue. But now, I think, but I also think that now that everyone's so um, on my case about the fact that I just put ketchup on on these hot dogs, mm-hmm. um, makes me just want to do it more now. Now I just want to put I more see. ketchup on see. and just fight the power. You're so a rebel. I, I really rebel. am. Okay. I, I, yeah, and it's just. I mean, is it surprise right. you by any stretch of the imagination? I, I, this is very my. I, I haven't style. thought about it that much. But uh, last, well, qu- to be the contrarian. Well, yeah, that's that sounds like you. But brown, brown or yellow on the mustard on the mustard, a brown mustard. Okay, yeah. you win. Yeah, okay, very good. All right, so let's bring it back to the hockey talk. By the way, I, yeah, I, sure. I, I do want to go back to one thing I, oh, I asked Dan okay. and the, the yeah. little little comment about the national media. I saw someone post this in the chat before about uh, about Ryan Whitney, and I don't know if you saw this on the on the Instagrams or the uh, on Twitter. No, he had tweeted out and he had taken a, a little shot at Islander fans. I forget what the, oh. the exact tweet was, and I'm going to try and bring it up now that I mention it. Instead okay. of having it prepared, I was just going to go off the cuff. Well, but. that's also par for the course for you, so that's fine. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, I, hey, welcome to another segment of Christian searching through his laptop for for his information. Yeah, you got it there. Oh, so it was. I guess okay. it was some sort Thank of God. comment towards Blackhawk fans, and uh, the the tweet read: "If you didn't read it, now Blackhawk fans, dot dot dot. I'm sorry, I don't want to battle with you. You aren't like scumbag Islander fans. Oh. I was wrong about your club. There's wow. a first time for everything. Let's go Hawks. I'm a Chicago guy. You're still a turtle. Blah blah blah. My goodness. Um, I don't understand what some of the references, but I, I just wanted to point out. Because I saw it, and I saw it got a lot of uh, it got a lot of uh, attention, obviously from Islander fans, and of course, who, who took the bait and and right, right, and that's right. the thing. I just want to point out that if you ever listen to sports talk radio or podcasts or any of what these part of the shtick is, and we, you know we're guilty of it too at times, is kind of just playing into the you know the the. Almost WWE like villain role ah, in certain aspects, and yes, to to rile it, people up. It's stick, and it riles people up, yeah, and it gets, gets interaction, clicks. it gets yeah, clicks, yeah, it gets yeah, tweets, yeah. and people you know will tune into the, their podcast which because is, they do a very good job. We've said it on the show before. There's a lot of fire and passion in this fan base. So once there's some words going against it, they're they're ready to line up and, and defend themselves. And hey, more power to but them. I, I get it. I, I just wanted to say, don't take the like it's it's stick. Don't, right? Don't, don't feed the trolls. Don't. Get all so excited about it because you're yeah. you're doing exactly what, what okay. they want you to do. Whether it's again, whether it's sports talk radio or whether it's podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, 
Some of the stuff is just meant to to get a reaction. Well, that was another segment of fan lessons with Chris and Arnold. <laughs> I'm just saying. Thanks for tuning in for their own for their own uh, emotional well being. Don't 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 let yourself get worked up. I got you. It's like the other week when I was concerned about you and you were very <laughs> upset uh, after a, you know a little right. Tough week I'm for pretty sure you fabricated that whole story, but that's fine. You know, go with it. That's your stick. You got a stick too. So it makes I, sense. I don't have a shtick. I'm, this is all genuine, right? Yeah. Now. There's no shtick. No, absolutely. I was concerned about you as your friend. <laughs> oh, now we know it's shtick. <laughs> as your friend, as your yeah. pal, as your compadre. Wow. Um, when you say it in another language, it means even more. Yeah. Well, that's wow. what I was going for. Thank you. All right. So bringing it back to the to the ice and the and the stuff going on with the the New York Islanders. Let's the let's Icelanders. The Icelanders, sure, if you will. The Oliver Wallstrom hype continues because of that goal against New Jersey on Tuesday. Yeah. It was what a, a heck of a shot. Heck it was, of a shot. It was a rip. And I said it on Twitter. I said, when was the last time this team had a weapon like that, a wrist shot like that in their arsenal? And I got some interesting responses. Some people said Ziggy Palfi. Sure. Uh, somebody said Brock Nelson. Disagree. Got a good shot, but he can't rip him like that. They don't. They don't. I mean, I mean, they he, don't find it at that fast. No, no. Not like Brock's got a good shot, but even yeah. you look at the goal he scored today. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a, a hard or fast shot. It yeah. was, you know, it was a precision shot, if anything right. else. And that's kind of what Brock Nelson does. So I don't know if that comparison holds holds water. I don't think it does. And and then I got another response. Maybe it was Mike Bossy. And you know what? I mean, unless I'm forgetting somebody, I'm kind of inclined to think. I just feel like that's always been a weapon that I've been envious of other teams of, like right. seeing somebody. You know, like, God, I'm going back, but like Wendell Clark, he had a ridiculous wrist shot. Just just guys that can just whip it off their stick, and in milliseconds, it's top corner back of the net. And I, and I can't recall the last time the Isles had a guy like that. Not to say they haven't had guys with good shots, but with a, an elite wrist shot like Wallstrom demonstrated on Tuesday. So it just adds to that excitement that I was talking about last week with regard to Oliver Wallstrom. So he's still, he's still, he's still got me... Looking forward to seeing what else this guy can bring because, again, he's so young and he might be filling up a big role here on the third line, getting power play minutes. I love it, man. No, it's it's very exciting. And, and as we talked about last week, the the infusion of youth on the onto the Islanders roster, when you already have a guy like Matthew Barzal who's playing phenomenally this year on both, end, both sides of the puck, and uh, then you have Noah Dobson who's contributed immensely to the Islanders lineup, and then you add Oliver Wallstrom who is that shot that everyone's been – clamoring for right yeah for for years you've heard yeah. the islanders need to go out and they need to get a score they go need to go out and they get a score and that yeah they, they didn't even have to go out at this point they had him sitting in their back pocket and again yeah the credit to barry trotz and lula morello for not rushing him and not listening to the chatter uh of of people myself included i right. you know i said it put last him week. in there yeah you know everyone was like put him in there put yeah. Kiefer bellos in there yeah. well Obviously, there's a reason why those two get paid to, the money that they do to make those decisions. Because that's plagiarism, Christian. A much wiser. Yeah. Oh, did you say that last week? I did. I oh. did. Yeah. That's that's because you're so wise and smart. And About time. Thank you. So keep going. Um, I'm sorry to to disrupt your train of thought. No, no, it just really pained me to compliment you like that so much. It's been happening a lot lately. I, I I'm trying to be a nicer person to you. Growth. Yeah. And uh, and you're just not making it easy when you make comments like that. Yeah. Oh man, I just don't want to. I don't want to compliment you, but that's aside from the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where I was going it. with that yeah, is that do. you saw the you saw the benefit of them not being thrown in right away, being given that extra few games, being mm-hmm. given that extra time to develop and, and get themselves in the right headspace and the right um, 
space where their game needs to be, mm-hmm. and it's paid dividends for the Islanders. And you're seeing the confidence from Oliver Wallstrom, and that's the biggest thing, right? Because sometimes people yeah, he looks that very don't comfortable lack, out there. They have the confidence, but they have the skill. Don't are you know? Don't go out there and shoot the puck. They Chris, try and that's move half the, puck the game. More. Yeah, that's half the game. It's, and it's, you're just seeing him throw the puck on yeah. the net now, and it's it's benefited them very well. Whether it's him yeah. finding the back of the net, or whether it's him creating that opportunity for the guys around him uh, to co- come in there, clean up a rebound, or make a play off of it, or something like that. So it, it's been it's been great to see that for the Islanders because that's been such a big thing that they've been missing for the last couple of years. And you can't ask Matthew Barzal to do all of this score. No, and it's great too because JG Pajot finally knows who his line mates are. <laughs> right, That's right. I mean, how long did we go? And it was musical chairs up there, and and now finally he knows that he's probably going to have MDC on the left and Ollie on the right, Which and they is, look good out there. Yeah, and uh, again, we uh, we talked about it before, but the the renaissance that Michael Dalcole has kind of gone through recently is, is what you like to see. And many renaissance again. He's not. It's not like he's scoring every other game. No, or no, anything, no. But I think, but, but he's he's become a, a serviceable player for sure. I think Maybe he's more been a serviceable that. player yeah. for a while. Sure. I, I, don't think he's been given the fair shake, and, and I know we've talked about it before. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. that's where he was drafted. That I think a lot of people tend to harp on. But of course. I, when you look at the way he's played, he's a responsible player in his own end. He he knows how to create some opportunities. And when you saw him on the on the second line with with um, with Jordan Eberle, yeah, that was a phenomenal pairing, and it worked out very well. That was his little coming out party this season. And, you, and, and but since it, then, he's it been brought something out in him. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it, it certainly brought something out that. People didn't see before, and I think there are people recognizing it now. And now he's going back to that third line with Pajot and Walt Wallstrom, two guys that can create offensive opportunities, and, and he's making himself a part of it. So I, I, that's great for the Islanders, too, because he fits into that, that youthful renaissance that the Islanders – not youthful, but the youth infusion. <laughs> I just like to use the word renaissance, apparently. That's okay. But the infusion of the younger players in there because he's still below the age of 25 and right. um, still on the younger end of things. So that, it's another – positive for the Islanders to see someone else on the younger side of, of his of where his career is being able to step into a more an increased role mm. and maybe a little bit of a different role than what he's been primarily used for uh, in the last couple of years. Sure, and now that we're talking about these uh, supportive lines here, we might as well stick with that. Fourth line, buddy. Big week for them. Big week. Cal, Casey, yeah. and Matty Martin. Big week, and now maybe maybe you look at the, the the teams that they played, and you know maybe the Buffalo Sabers are you know had a had a hand in this. But you got Cal Clutterbuck, two goals and an assist through through these three games against Buffalo. Casey Zizek is a goal and three assists for four points in all three games, and Maddie Martin, two goals, two assists. And how about that goal from behind the goal line, pal? I mean, Matt Martin. Banking it off the back of the goalie's head in the net. I mean, that was a that was a that was a piece of art. Yeah, you and and the weird thing is he he said after the game that he was kind of just he was trying to do something with it. That, yeah. that, that was he intentionally threw it on the net. Like, it right. wasn't as if he was like trying to move it around and it just kind of hit off one guy and bounced off another one. And went, it, you know, it, it was a very odd bounce, but. It looked fact- like that's exactly what he was trying to do because he had the puck in the corner and he had time with it because he looked around. He had no options. So he was like, all right, well, I'll just wing it here. And he threw it. Right- I mean, it looked it was pinpoint accuracy right off the back of the goalie's head. And I mean, it was it was gorgeous. It's something you would expect out of Matt Barzell. But you know what? Even even with that, like that's a that was a goal that ten times out of ten you give me Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Matthew Barzal, oh, yeah. like yeah. they'll try that and it still won't go in. That is as lucky a goal as you're going to get. I, you can yeah, call some things per- have to go his way. Yeah, sure, you, you can call it precision, yeah. but uh, I mean, in fairness, to the way that played out, that was yeah. more of a yeah. I was disappointed to do it again today. Honestly, 
Yeah, uh, that's his thing. His now. stock has gone down for me since He's then, really yeah. got, I want him to stand behind the goal line and just shoot the puck on the net like right, that for, right. for game on end, games on end. I know, but, it, but it, it goes to what we were talking about earlier in the show where that fourth line really early on the season, everyone remembers kind of that, that story that had been put out there that was this the end of the Islanders' fourth line, you know? Mm-hmm. There was the tweet from there was the tweet from that the stats website that is escaping my 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 brain at the moment. That's okay. And that called them that you know said they were the third worst line in in the entire National Hockey League. And mm-hmm. I forget what the two lines ahead of them were or behind them were. I guess in this case, sure. But it, it was almost around that time too because you saw you know they had the break because of COVID with with Buffalo and everything that was going on there. Yeah. And then slowly but surely you saw that line come back out and they were rejuvenated a little bit. And now the last week or so, you've really seen them come back to that that spot where they've been in the past, where they're going out and they're creating these offensive opportunities. They're physical in their own end. They're playing smart hockey with the puck, um, and it's leading to a lot of good things. I mean, that part part of Clutterbuck's goal today was was just a good good opportunity, a good setup there. But also part of it was luck. I mean, you know, mm. I, I forget who the defender was, but if the guy doesn't fall. And mm-hmm. basically give Cal Clutterbuck and you know his entire an entire lane to go right down. But at the same time, Cal Clutterbuck has to be the one that makes the smart play in well, that instance, and that's what he does. You know what they say, Christian? You earn your luck. You earn it out there. So that's what they do. They work their asses off that fourth line. Yeah, they grind these other other players out in the corners, banging bodies in front of the net. And you know most of those goals, aside from the the, the gorgeous Matty Martin goal, are gonna be. Those grinded out, maybe benefited from a little bit of luck, but they're getting the pucks to the net and they're working hard. And, and yeah. this is kind of the fruits of their labor. Now, let's see this against Boston Tuesday. You know, let's see this against you know some some tougher teams out there. But look, the I guess the main the main focus of what we're talking about here is the fact that finally, and and it started previously, but finally that secondary scoring that that scoring throughout the lineup is happening everywhere now. You're getting contributions from all the lines, maybe not all the individuals. But you're getting goals from every corner of the roster now, at least as far as the forwards go. So, and that's why you're seeing these not only, not only victories against the Buffalo Sabres and whoever, but five two. I mean, they're putting up a lot of goals here. Yeah. Again, show me show me what you're going to do against Boston. Right. Show me what you're going to do against Washington and Philly. But the the scoring's finally rounding out, and that's why you're seeing these more complete games from this team, and why they're winning convincingly against teams like the Buffalo Sabres. No, absolutely. I'm with you. You make your own luck in these situations. The Islanders have done that in these three games against Buffalo, against New Jersey. Um, you know, that's exactly what you need to do in this situation. As we yeah. said in the top of the program, the most important thing at this point in the season is just to get points and to make sure that you're setting yourself up for, to be in those positions where once you get to those games with the Bostons, the Philadelphias, the Pittsburghs, the Washingtons. Mm-hmm. You know, you've already racked up as many points as you can going into those matchups, and that's what the Islanders have done. Yeah, 100%. So you speaking speaking of the program here, we still got to do the Hero of the Week. We still got a shirt to give away. So what do you think? Hero time? Hero time. It's hero time. Yeah. Folks, here we go. I'm going to press some buttons here <laughs> because that's, you know, that's how this goes. When you hear this song, yeah, that means it's very heroic. You know, you get it? So that means it's time for the Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Hero of the Week, half price Hero of the Week, which is the Poke Check. Fish and roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, and American lettuce and tomato mayo on a hero. Fantastic. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. 
That is Monday through Sunday where we'll announce a brand new hero. Stop in to mention Hockey Night New York for half off the poke check. So, Christian, I think I actually remember that I went first last week. Is that accurate? Sure. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. Sure. So that means it's on you, pal. Okay. Hero of the week, you're well, up. My hero of the week is someone we were actually just talking about, part of the Islanders' fourth line. Yeah. And that is, of course, Cal, Cut- Cal Clutterbuck. You got that? Cal- there he is right there on the screen. Does Cal that help? Clutterbuck. <laughs> Cal Clutterbuck. You got it. You got it. Um, Talk about it. Had uh, obviously a phenomenal couple games there. The third, that, that fourth line. <laughs> Somebody said no ketchup. No. Ke- <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff from we, Mellermania twenty two. Sorry if I mispronounced that, but that was excellent. No ketchup. That's you great. can absolutely Love add that. ketchup to your sandwich if that's, <laughs> they, they if that's your cup line. of tea. That's hilarious. So I'm sorry, Christian. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that really threw me for a loop. Um, I'm gonna have to <laughs> try this poke, poke check with the ketchup though. That, it could be an interesting option there. But uh, obviously, Cal Clutterbuck having the uh, scoring what essentially is one of the most important goals of the, the afternoon for the New York Islanders yeah. on Sunday uh, to give them that cushion and kind of kill the momentum of the Buffalo Sabers that had been pushing there in the third period uh he's also just had a couple good games i mean you know you look he's back-to-back goals yeah uh today and yesterday um four uh three points now in consecutive games he had the assist he had a goal uh two goals so he's playing great hockey and, and that fourth line as a whole is creating opportunity after opportunity and they're looking like the fourth line of old um that don cherry very famously referred to as the best fourth line in hockey the best fourth line in hockey otherwise known as the identity line. It's very, I know it's probably very small on your screen right now, but this is that brand new oyster, and I totally tilted that the wrong way. I'm looking at the screen. It's, it's going terribly. But there it is. The identity line, brand new Oyster Bay Brewer beer, right? And that involves the Yes Men Outfitters, King's Coast, and the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, all yeah. teaming up for a brand new beer, and it is delicious. So thanks to Oyster Bay for hooking us up with some of that. Stopped by there yesterday, nice. picked some up, and it's fantastic. I believe you're hitting up some some uh, some blue <laughs> Oyster oh Bay Brew over there, is, too. This is brutal to is it to. yeah I, i'm drinking the offside which is delicious <laughs> it's an american lager with lime and that's what i have to say about that wow great plug great stuff so it's my turn now well, you and didn't i'm gonna tell me we were doing this no, I, thought I, you were, I, didn't. I thought you were gonna be we were supposed to be much more subtle with how we were how we were it just felt right because this. we were talking about the fourth line so i'm actually sticking with that theme yeah right here matt martin my hero. Uh, I, I actually don't need to repeat a lot of the things you say. He was yeah. included in all that yeah. stuff. He had that phenomenal goal. But look, the whole fourth line, they've been playing great and got to give props. And look, we could just as easily have added Casey Sezikas to this as well. But yeah. if you we know, had a third co-host, we could have. They could have tr- tr- <laughs> right. created we, the trifecta. Right, right. Well, Matt Martin won out for me over Casey because of that goal off the, <laughs> Someone off the just back goes, of somebody's head. Give the hero to the fourth line. Just give you could the, do that. You could, could I suppose. That. Yeah, but then, yeah, we don't have the space in the picture. Sorry. <laughs> it's got to be one guy. Just pretend yeah. like Casey sure. Zekas is in the middle, like he always is, uh, with the picture. So, it worked, you know, use your imagination, folks. So, folks, there you have it. Your heroes of the week, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. We'll, we'll figure out who's going to be the, uh, the winner tomorrow. But there you have it. And remember, go to Blue Line Deli, half price. The poke check until next weekend. Yes. Mention Hockey Night in New York. Yep. Get a fantastic sandwich for half the price. And now we'll bring it back. Or you could try the, the Hockey screen. Night in New York. The rap you guy. can always try the Hockey Night in New York. Yeah. It's named yeah, after us. Right. We had to eat yeah. sandwiches. It yeah. Wasn't, Which you wasn't, barely wasn't, did. Wasn't like certain people who were just given a sandwich. Oh. I don't want to mention names. I don't mind it in my keep, man. It's fine. But okay. They were just given a sandwich. Well, it ha- you know what? You know, you got to earn, earn your keep, man. Uh, Some people got to eat sandwiches. Some people just got to be who they are. Apparently. Yeah. Not Don't be bitter, bro. I'm not bitter. 
You sound a little it's bitter. frustrating. Okay, that's kind of similar. It's frustrating. All right, we well, have to eat let's so many sandwiches. Let's move on. So I still have nightmares. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So. Do you want to do you want to cover a couple we have a couple more things to cover. Do you want to do the shirt now? You want to do the shirt in a little bit? What do you think? Let's do the shirt now. You want to do the shirt now? Let's do the shirt now. All right, this is exciting. We we got this awesome St. Patrick's Day shirt that we're going to be giving away to a lucky winner. I want to thank everybody for participating. A lot of people involved, and we're actually going to pick the winner live on the air here, assuming everything goes according to plan. So let's see if we can fire this up. Got everything prepared. Okay. It will not go according there, to plan cuz this is So awesome. far so good. I hit the button. Okay. And you got the screen right there. So here we go. Oh boy. Forgot to cue up some music for this. Actually, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go with it. Here we go. Why not? So I'm going to hit the little start button right here, and uh, we're going to see who the winner is. So here we go. There it goes. There it goes. Okay, the winner is at LJO10K. You are the big winner of the St. Patrick's Day T-shirt giveaway. Uh, we'll hit you up after the show. We'll send you a little direct message on Twitter. Congratulations on the win. Once again, thank you to everybody for, for participating and joining in. And we'll be doing more giveaways throughout the season. So once again, thank you so much. And congratulations to LJO10K. You're the big winner. Congratulations. Congratulations. Probably, probably could have just faded that out instead of just stopping nah, the music right away. No, nah, I want to get rid of it. Okay. I want to get rid of it. Thanks, though. See, look, it all worked. It all went according to plan. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm as shocked probably as the people who have been watching since day one. It. Hey, man, this is uh, – we're, 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 we're getting better. Yeah. We're getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So before we before we wrap, did you want to talk about Ilya Sorokin at all? Yeah, so obviously today today was an interesting game for Ilya Sorokin. Maybe maybe not as, as good as a start as we've seen from him as of late. But he got the job done, and, and I know there was some mm. there was some conversations about it afterwards about what Barry Trotz thought of his performance and what what everyone thought of his performance. But at the end of the day, Alan, I, uh, Brian Brian Larson thinks we should give away a hat too. It's in the plans, man. It's in the plans. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. I don't I don't have the things cute. I can't do it now. Can't do it now, Brian. Sorry. We'll save that for another time. Yeah, but the, we love the idea. It's gonna happen, and and that means you like the hat. So Brian, we're glad you like the hat. Yeah. Brand new Hockey Night New York hat, retro reverse. Yeah. Oh, so you brought. All right. So you brought that up. We were going to talk about that. Yeah. There's really. I mean, there's, this. That's the Sorokin thing. People. You know, his. This wasn't the best start that he's had this season. Um. But he got the job done. He's looked phenomenal the last yeah. couple games that he's yeah. been in. Uh. And he's getting wins for the Islanders, and it's showing that the Islanders have two dependable goaltenders. The reverse retro jerseys are something that I really do want to talk about because oh, those yeah, okay. have been. Obviously, something we talked about a lot, and we, you know, sure. in fairness, we did kind of give a negative review of it at the time. I think when it came out, because it wasn't as exciting or what, it. yeah, what it, what you know, what people was in the fishermen, and I know a lot of people wanted the fishermen, and, and or at least to have some acknowledgement of that era in the New York Islanders history, and obviously other people's did not. What we got was a jersey <laughs> that looked kind of boring, I guess, during the release. And everyone was kind of like, oh, why has it got to be so boring? You know, it's just these simple colors. But I will say, when you saw it on the players, the full, unis. Yeah. The full uniforms in person, I, I'm kind of a fan of them. I, I don't have any issue. It's a good, clean design. It's not going to wow you. It's and, not exciting. And they absolutely, But it looked good out there. And they absolutely look. It looks more of an homage to the late 90s, early 2000 teams. It than looked it, like. Than it did to the 
Stanley Cup era teams, which I thought originally would what it seemed like they were going for well, the Islanders. Were going funny for. enough, number twenty seven was still wearing the C. Yeah, Michael Peck. wearing that jersey. The great Michael well, as I'm saying, Anders Lee wearing the C now. You got the same yeah. thing going on. You had Anders Lee out there. You had Brad Isbister out there. That's right. I'm trying to think, Trent Hunter, number seven. Well, that was Trent Hunter post 2001, 2002. Because remember, he came in. He came in during the playoffs and he wore number 43, if I'm not mistaken. Right, but he did wear seven at one point. Yeah, in those later jerseys. on. In, yeah, later on. He wore, on those, he wore seven in those right, jerseys. Right, right. And what, what else? I think what Kevin Haller, I think wore six. <laughs> Ryan Pollock, right? There. You can go up Adrian and down Nicoyne. the list. Adrian Acoin, he was my favorite player that era. Loved Acoin. He was Sean fantastic. Bates. Sean Actually, Bates. it's funny. Matt you Martin, think about yeah. Sean Bates and Matt Martin kind of play somewhat of a similar game. Because Sean Bates was more of a, you know, go out, throw the body around. You know, he had a little, he was a more, more offensive upside yes, 100%. to it. Um, yeah. Obviously, remembered for that famous I mean, he played penalty. in the second line. He played with Pekka and Parrish. Famed penalty shot. The lucky sevens line. Famed penalty shot in the playoffs. I was just going to keep going, but you have talking over Oh, it. Sorry. Uh, Keep going now. No, I'm over it. Oh. That's fine. Oh. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, he scored the penalty shot. We yeah. remember that. Yeah. It was a very significant no, moment fine. in Islander history. No, that's fine. <laughs> you just you didn't want to acknowledge it. I, I did. Wow. Very sensitive today, Christian. Yeah. You got hurt feelings, man. No, no. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Okay. All right. So I guess I guess we'll move on. I guess we'll move on from that. We're good? We're good in the reverse retro? Yeah, I guess We're so. We're okay? I guess so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Sad Christian, everyone. Sorry about that. So we talked about that. We talked about Sorokin. Is there anything else you want to cover before we get out? Obviously, another one of these series coming up next weekend, too, by the way, against New Jersey. Ah, three look games. Ahead, yes. yes, three games and four nights against New Jersey. Yes. Uh, this time it'll be one at Nassau Coliseum, two on the road at Prudential Center. Should be an interesting matchup. Again, we've talked about it. It's kind of been the theme of the program, points that need to be taken. This is another instance where the Islanders – have an opportunity to pick up points that should be taken. Obviously, Boston mixed in there in the middle of the week as well on Tuesday. And also the exciting thing is you'll have your first look at actual people in the stands on Yeah, Thursday we're getting night. close. We're getting close. You will have 1,000 Northwell Health frontline workers in attendance as guests of the New York Islanders. So Fantastic. it'll be the first Fantastic. real taste of, of fans in the building or people in the buildings. First time since the one year ago today was the last time that Islander fans watched the hockey game at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, the New York Islanders losing in overtime 3-2 to two to the Carolina Hurricanes. And at the time, didn't we, no one, nobody knew what was to come, but no. that was, from a media perspective, that was one of the first times we really got a sense of what was coming. Um, the Islanders had actually just closed their locker room, for, became the first team in the NHL to close their locker room, uh, and... Um, not allow the media in there. So it was, we were doing interviews outside of this kind of six roped off area from the players and about six feet, I guess, apart from them or, or something to that effect. It was the first time that you really started to see that creep in, obviously, um, or ironically, I guess, that when you look back at those at that time of when COVID was starting to creep into our lives, there is some moments that connect the Islanders to that. Governor Cuomo at the Nassau Coliseum to announce the – New York Islanders returning to Nassau Coliseum full-time for their final year was the same day that uh, I believe the state was granted the right to test for COVID patients uh, at state laboratories. It originally had been run by the federal government. So all these little moments that kind of connect what's been going on over the last year to the New York Islanders. And obviously we'll get maybe our first sense of normalcy coming up here with first 1,000 Northwell Health frontline workers there in the building. 
and then the following week against the Philadelphia Flyers, mm-hmm. you'll have the first uh, the first set of fans in the building. No, it's it's great, and hopefully, as the vaccine continues to roll out, you know that number grows. You know the percentage yeah. goes up, and who knows? Maybe by playoff time, you have a decent amount of people in the seats. Yeah, yeah, you 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 certainly hope so, and you certainly hope we continue the trend of moving back towards normalcy, and uh, it'd be a great thing to see at least. A bigger percentage of Nassau Coliseum filled, especially in its last year as the Islanders' home before moving to UBS Arena right. in Belmont, which is coming along very nicely. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, due to the fact that you, there's only so many people that can get in to the arena, get into the games, the, the, the lucky few, the lucky 1,300 or whatever it may be, wanted to take this opportunity to remind everybody that R.J. Daniels is the place to watch the games in Rockville Center. They'll be hosting games all season long with drink specials, food, 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 food specials, excuse me, $5.16 ounce porn rocker nails, $14 blue, it might be, $14 blue light <laughs> pitchers, $17 domestic bottles, $4 domestic bottles or pints, some food specials as well, so R.J. Daniels, 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center from pregame until the final horn or 11 p.m., whichever comes first. And the end of the game will come before 11 p.m. <laughs> yes. We're not going to see any 11 p.m. endings this season. But there you go. R.J. Daniels, folks. Check them out. Great staff. Excellent food. Excellent service. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's one more thing. One more thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap. Okay. Okay. Now, we talked a little bit about this whole you know, just playing in the division thing, all that. And as uh, as Dan Rosen actually kind of alluded to during our discussion with him, is that there's only you're only going to see teams outside of your division until after you get through your division right. in the playoffs, right? So I have I have a I have a hockey dream that I want to share with you. Okay, Christian, go ahead. I want to see the New York Islanders play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup Final. Because this is the only this is the only year this is going to happen. I mean, hopefully, right? We don't want to see anything like this down the road, right? So this is the only chance, and I just feel like that would be a goldmine of story. I mean, look, obviously coming from a biased Islander standpoint, but you get the JT versus Barzell, you get the Toronto versus the Islanders. There's obviously a lot of recent fire between those two franchises. They're both at the top of their divisions right now, mm-hmm. and it very well could play out. That if they get through their divisions, and maybe you get Toronto seated as the as the number one, you get somebody else seated as the number four, Islanders two, three. Yeah. Right? They both win their collective series. Islanders Maple Leaf Stanley Cup. I want to see it. I need it. Okay. I will I will do nothing with that information. I hope for the best for you. Isn't he great? Uh, Isn't he excellent? <laughs> no, I don't know. You look That doesn't that doesn't excite you at all? That doesn't that doesn't sound like a good storyline to you. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, from like a meteor perspective, yeah, sure, it's a great storyline. I mean, literally, what a storyline in yeah. the chat. I, I I can read the chat. <laughs> That's Thank good. You. Thank you for pointing that out. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're I, still I, upset I'm, about before and no, Sean no, Bates. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you're still upset about Sean Bates. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. You're petty. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I, I didn't even put the Toronto Maple Leafs connection there together either no but I, you know what i'm over the jt like we gotta hate jt because he he left whatever the case may be storyline i, well, I i'm going I, back i feel like right. I, I feel like i've moved on from that i wish the rest of the world would move on from that i get i get yeah. it but 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 even look at look at the 2002 series between those two teams now obviously completely different yeah. cast of characters but if you have a long memory as an islander fan and perhaps as a maple Leafs fan 
I mean, look, that was one of the most intense series that this team has been involved in in, in modern history, in recent sure, history. Sure, no, okay? no doubt about it. And you add whatever came from that. Obviously, there's there's nothing there to the, with the current island of the players or anything like that. But you add that for the fans. I'm talking about the fans here. You think about that. You think about the whole drama with JT and stuff like that. And some people are still maybe a little sore over it, even though a lot of time has passed. And obviously, they've proven they don't really need him. But you you can just... Put all that stuff together, and for me, I would just love to see it. I think it would be fantastic. It, it, it'd be an interesting series. There's no doubt there'd be there's plenty okay. of storyline. No, no, I'm not denying that it, it would be a, a, a intense series. The Islanders and, and Maple Leafs, when when they were allowed to play one another, have played competitive games. Yeah. Now that being said, Barzell gets fired up for each one. They've never they've never been you know knock them down throw them down brawls no, i think that not. would I, honestly, I think it would change a little i would think that would change a little bit i think mm-hmm. there'd be some some passion i don't i think the interesting thing is obviously a lot of this revolves around the fact that john tavares left and went to the toronto maple leafs right i, I would be curious to know what really is the the sentiment from the islanders that were there and went through that you know the Casey Zekas, Anders Lee, Anders Lee's Josh Bailey's the guys who who basically lived that out for you know yeah. a year and a half two years mm-hmm. um and where their their mindset really is and and fairness we'll never we'll never know until those guys retire right. until everyone's retired sure. and then someone goes you know we finally hear what was really going on as far as a player perspective who for, for the guys in that locker room and I would love to hear that conversation but I don't know if that's if that's you know I I, I want a, a good matchup. If you if the Islanders get to okay. the Stanley Cup final or playoff spot, I just want an entertaining. I'll take a game. good matchup. I want an entertaining <laughs> game, an entertaining series, and I, I'm sure that would be an interesting series. If the Islanders get to the finals, I don't. I'm not going to be upset if they're not playing the Maple Leafs. I'll be happy that they're there, and then I'll root for them to win. But, uh, you know, I just imagine that fourth line we were talking about before. Imagine those guys <laughs> lining up against – what What do you got? Look at the chat. What do we got here? I would be terrified of such a series. Seeing that not nice person win the cup <laughs> would be the worst thing ever. Uh, well, have a, little, yeah, have a little confidence in your team and, and, and embrace the challenge. You know? Revenge of the ghost of Michael Pekka. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. But, look, I just look I just look at all that stuff tied together. I, I look at Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, Cal Clutterbuck, lining up against Matthews and Tavares and stuff like that in a, in a seven-game seven grinded-out series. I just think it would be extremely entertaining, a lot of fun to watch, particularly for this fan base. Maybe maybe around the NHL, nobody cares. You, yourself, you're, you're a little lukewarm on it. Fine. But I think... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over this... this John Tavares hate. That's not even the center point of, of where I'm coming from. It's just I know all it's the not, stuff tied together. I know it's not the center point yeah. of where you're coming from, but okay, I think good. for I think for a percentage, I don't want to say majority, a minority, a percentage of people who want to see this series, a lot of it has to do with their disdain for John Tavares. Well, of course it's there, yeah. That um, makes sense. Okay. And I, I I just think it's at this all point right. like the Islanders are winning. They're successful. You know, they're the best team in the in the East Division. Are they could arguably be one of the best teams in the NHL right now when they do end up playing other teams in other divisions. Also, I would like to point out the North Division. I, I forgot to ask Dan Rosen about this, but the North Division is terrible. Like Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs are in first place because they have crap teams playing with them. Well, well, that's kind of what I was getting at, Christian. You know, like they're at the top of the league points wise and all that. But look who they're playing. And now you can look. Somebody's going to turn around and say, well, look what the Islanders are doing with the Sabres and the Devils. Oh, there's no doubt about it. But every every division has teams that are bad. I feel like, and I will say. They're more bad in that division. 
Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. That, yeah. I, I mean, that you, you watch some of those games, the very limited options that we have down here in the States to see those games, but you watch some of those games and, you know, Dan pointed out Edmonton looked like they were going on a roll and then they, what, they got killed three straight games or something like that. So yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm a little skeptical to jump on the bandwagon and be like, oh, wow, the Toronto Maple Leafs are for, are for real and this and that. Because it's it just seems like it's a little bit inflated. And, again, I, I, I get you could make an argument against the Islanders for the same case, but, you know, that's just my opinion. So well, Christian, take it for what it is. I just wanted to share my dream with you, and, and you, uh, you know, went out of your way to try to crush it, and that's fine. I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to it, and hopefully the, the viewers and the listeners out there no, are I with said me. It. I saw at least one person is, so that's all I need. I, said, I got one. I said, <laughs> I hope it happens for you. I said, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do. I genuinely appreciate it. Now, can I cue the music? Are we good? You want? Hey, you know what we haven't done the last couple of shows? If, if we have a, a minute or two, we haven't taken any questions from from the from the viewers in a couple of, in a couple of shows. You want to you want to try to seek one out real quick? Sure. I was just oh you want me to look now please. Was, well please. there are a lot, there's a lot of chatter. Uh, Pierre Turgeon on Rashad. Um, Pierre Turgeon on Rashad. Yeah. Good um, point, Michael. There, but there is a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of Seriously. chatter about uh, about um, you know the obviously the Tavares thing and and the. Uh, Idea of playing the Maple Leafs. There you go. One of them uh, is B Lars eighty nine. That's saying, Brian Larson, our pal from Miles Meetups. Don't think it's so much about JT, but more about how Maple Leafs fans still come at the at Isles fans. Throw that it. in the pot too. Whatever, sure. whatever gets you going. Um, I like. But it. then you should probably have the same disdain for Penguins fans and and Washington Capitals fans and I, and Ranger fans. So. Um, Da, 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 da. It's different with Toronto. It's both for me. Can't stand him or their fans. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, when you think about the fan base, there's there's certainly fan bases and organizations that uh, certainly have a very high opinion of themselves, whether they deserve it or not. Um, no teams in the North have defense. That's true. They're terrible. I agree with you. <laughs> it's it's like it's like shinny. Um, da, 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 chili pickles or sauerkraut on hot dogs without ketchup. Chili would be my answer, Trottier 19, because that sounds delicious. Okay. Do you have a hockey-related question that you can find for us? Or I was just going through the list. Okay. Do you, you don't want to answer the chili pickles or sauerkraut on uh, a hot dog? Uh, God, that's that's like, um, what, kill... Sleep with her marry or something like that. Like that's just the, none of those things really appeal. That to was me at the all. Uh, that was yeah. the PG thirteen. What was that? The yeah, middle school version yeah, whatever, of that game. Whatever it is, I don't remember. But uh, I'm not a chili guy. Not a pickles. Not a pickles guy. And I'm certainly not a sauerkraut guy. So I'm out. Okay. I'm out on that. Uh, actually, you know what I do? I do ketchup and mustard together on a hot dog. There I put them go. both on there. There you go. We yeah. do have another question from BLR's eighty nine Brian Larson. Uh, why do okay. our fans hate on Bailey even after wins? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, we act, we talked about this we a little did. bit last week. We and, did, and, and I said I, I said a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, it's similar to the Michael Dow Cole thing. You know, Michael Dow Cole is almost like Josh Bailey two in the sense that people dislike him because of where he was There's drafted. A few people like that before Brock um, Nelson got going. People were on him a little bit. Kind of like they were with Bailey. Never right. to the right, degree no, of even, Bailey. Even but. Michael Dow Cole was never to that extent. Well, here's the problem. I'm sorry, were you still were you still going? I don't want to interrupt you again. Were you still were you still talking? I, I was getting into my room. Oh, sorry. So go, no, go, no, go, no, please, no, that's fine. Please. That's fine. What were you going to say, Sean? <laughs> Do I remember? <laughs> I was too busy busting your jobs. Um, uh, okay, oh, I do I was going to stall for time. All right. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Here's the, here's the difference between Josh Bailey and maybe a guy like Brock Nelson or even even to, even to Michael Del Cole is mm-hmm. that Bailey played on some awful teams. 
And he yeah. was expected to be part of the solution. Right. That was the idea. He was drafted yes. ninth overall. The yes. Islanders moved around to get him. Yeah. And that, so that's one thing that right. people, Islander fans have never... Some Islander fans. Right. Again, I don't want to say majority that was, minority, but there's a segment of the fan base that never let that go. Right. Uh, but I am pretty sure that none of those fans now still think the Islanders should have picked Nikita Filatov. Because I'm pretty sure that was the guy that, that was, was hyped the guy. Up. Yeah, that was the guy that and was Nikita Filatov, I don't know, is somewhere buried in Siberia. Nothing. Yeah, he's gone. He's 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 a distant. He was distant drafted member. by Columbus, if I'm not mistaken, or he ended up in Columbus or something like that. He, he One was, of those is correct. He maybe played like a, he had a cup of coffee in the NHL. Nice, job. and then we never. That's saw him exactly again. what he had. Um, uh, Stu, drink. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, and your family. Oh um, God, help him. But yes, so Josh Bailey, he came in during a very different time in the Islander history, right? Mm-hmm. And that was when they were a struggling franchise. They were, you know, very <laughs> devoid of stars at the time. And, you know, he was almost like, well, nobody really got on Tim Connolly's case back in the day. But it was similar in the sense that he was a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. He came in his rookie year. He made the team. And he was supposed to be the next best thing. Best thing. He obviously gets dealt away from Michael Pekka. But he comes into a, a no-win situation where he's a high, you know, top 10 draft pick. He's supposed to be a great player. He, he, he at the time, was he was picked over a guy who... You know, basically the consensus, you know, thought that he should have, you know, they should have got this other guy. They don't. And he has a hard time finding his way. He's, he's 18 years old. And, I mean, you want to talk about the, just the, the development of this guy. I mean, his curve was a long, slow curve until he finally became that elite Josh Bailey that everybody likes to talk about now, right? The elite winger. That's kind of the joke now. Yeah. But, he was on some bad teams, and everybody just expected him to be a you know a forty point player right out of the gate. He wasn't, and look, most fan bases, if not all, are guilty of this. Everybody has their scapegoat. Everybody has their guy that they just like to lump on, whether right. it's based in logic or not. And I'm sorry, I'm calling some of you out there. Some of you guys, you get on somebody's case. Josh Bailey now. Nobody should be getting on Josh Bailey's case now. He struggled earlier on this year, but even still, he's proven himself over the last few years. He shouldn't be getting the hate that he gets now. He's he's established himself, clearly. But, you know, I mean, it was Brian Strait for a while, yeah. right? Brian Strait and then had, he had the ire, one good ire of uh, Islander fans. Right. <laughs> but the point is, like Andy Hilbert, I mean, everybody couldn't stand Andy Hilbert. Just another guy on the roster that couldn't score goals. Right. But but again, it, it just goes that way where, you know, especially with a team that's struggling or, or isn't performing the way they should be, you know, you pick a scapegoat. You pick a guy that, you know, you're just going to lean on. And Josh Bailey just had the unfortunate circumstance of being a top 10 guy that wasn't putting up the numbers that he was expected to do, especially because he was picked ahead of a guy that he they, the Islanders were supposed to pick. That's why everybody's been on his case for so many years. Why people still are now, I don't know. Maybe it's just fun. <laughs> I don't know. Or people just need somebody to get, get on. I don't know. It is interesting. That is it for is. sure. But go ahead. No, I mean, I think you hit on, on essentially everything I was going to say there. And, uh, you know, again, it's unfortunate. I think there, this year's criticism what we talked about, I think it was last week's show, maybe two weeks ago. Um, the criticism of Josh Bailey this year seems a little more genuine than in years past, which I think is is like it's a weird thing to say, but it's almost a refreshing. It's a re- almost refreshing because for the longest time, it's just people didn't like Josh Bailey. Yeah, you know, and they held they held him to this this different standard because of where he was drafted and whether it was fair or not. So I couldn't go to a game at the Coliseum without or Barclays without hearing somebody yell, "Get off the ice, Bailey!" Without fail, somebody was yelling it at least once. Yeah, well, I mean, I still get some of those tweets, too, that he stinks. So they're not all gone yet. 
There's for, just some guys people worth. love to hate. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. But hopefully, Brian, that answers your question. I believe that was Brian's question. It was Brian. Brian's the only one answering, asking questions. Well, we appreciate that. that yeah. No, there's some other questions out there. I see it. I see him out there. For sure. For sure. Uh, do you want to see our team pick up some deaf defense? Yeah. Which was BLR's 89. Yeah. Well, that okay, I should try to pick somebody else, right? <laughs> no, I saw a question from somebody uh, else. Is Sorokin okay for playoffs if Varley gets hurt or will Schneider play? I don't. Well, first of all, that, definitely that's a, Sorokin. Yeah. Well, also, you know, it's still. I don't think Schneider's back with the team no, at the, after no, what was awful. a really tragic news that yeah. that obviously came out after um, it was announced that he was taking some personal time away from the team. So yeah. obviously, our thoughts and our prayers are with Corey Absolutely. Schneider and his family for the loss of his his fourteen year old nephew, um, which was was really tragic news to hear. Yeah. Um. And and, and a very unfortunate turn of events for him. Who you know I've heard nothing but great things from yeah, yeah. about Corey Schneider from Andrew Gross and others who have covered him in years past when he was with the Devils. So, um, certainly a very unfortunate circumstance. But to answer your question about the the playoffs, I would not imagine seeing Corey Schneider in the postseason, even if. Um, the Islanders were down a goaltender. I think it would be Ilya Sorokin because of yeah. the way you've seen him play, and he's he's earning the trust of Barry Trotz, and and he's developing every game that he's in there. He's looking better and better. Tonight might might not be the best case for saying he's looking better and better at each game, but he certainly has come a long way since that first uh, sighting we had of him in the yeah. second game of the season. He had one he should have stopped today for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you know it's going to happen every now and then. But look, he's he is from from game one to now he's come a long way. He looks great. And, you know, if if it ever came to Varlamov getting hurt during the playoffs, I feel pretty good about Sorokin getting in there. But there is no doubt that Varlamov is starting every game in the playoffs yeah. unless maybe there's a back-to-back and he's not good to go. Yeah. But it's it, this is Varley's net, no question about it. Maybe just Sorokin's earned himself a few more starts, gained a little more trust out of Barry because of how much he has improved over the last few games. Absolutely. No, yeah. I agree with you there. All right. So, folks. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night New York. We want to thank you guys also for participating in the giveaway. Like I said, we're going to have plenty more of that to come. We're going to have this hat. Actually, the hat also and this shirt are going to be available soon for sale. We'll give you guys some more details on that. But a lot of good stuff going on here at Hockey Night in New York. want to thank our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And, of course, we want to thank Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services to businesses around the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And a huge thanks to Dan Rosen of NHL.com for joining us. Great stuff from him. And, hey, listeners out there who haven't given Twitch a chance yet, Give Twitch a chance. Have a lot of fun here. As you can see, we do the live chat. We get you guys participating. Great stuff. You get to see Christian's ugly mug. It's a lot of fun. You get to see him get sad and all that. Uh, If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe at your favorite podcast providers. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01 on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're going to have a different time next week because there's another Sunday game that's going to get in the way. So stay tuned for that. Maybe Friday, maybe Monday. We'll figure it out. Folks, once again, big thanks for you guys hanging with us. For Chris Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We will see you next week. Oh, i got to press the button. (laughs) Come on, get it Just to let everybody know that the stream's ending. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>